This is the New How Podcast. Learning how to build businesses and real estate in a new age of technology. All right, so today on the New How Podcast, we have Francis Mangabot. Did I get it right? It's close, but close. It's good. People get my last name wrong too all the time, so don't, don't worry about it. Uh, but Francis is here from Advanced Philly. So Francis, just tell me a little bit about yourself and tell the listeners a little bit of like what Advanced Philly is. So Brian, thank you so much for uh, having me on this podcast. It is uh, an honor to be here. So a little bit about myself. My name is Francis Mangubai. I'm 25 years old. I just got started in the real estate business about three years ago. I got out of University of Delaware with a finance degree and immediately got into the real estate business. I was originally debating getting into real estate in like New York, LA or Palo Alto, but I like Philadelphia because of all the real estate development and all the appreciation that's going on. And uh, Advanced Philly is uh, uh, my real estate sales team with my partner, Lawrence Resnick. We are um, eight agents with uh, two admin and a team of 10. And uh, we work only in the Philadelphia area. Is there any specific markets in Philly that you're like your favorite spots to work in? Or are you all in every zip code? Like what what do you, what is your main ones that you're working in? Yeah, so I I'd say the zip code and the neighborhood where we absolutely do the best in is Brewerytown one nine one two one, where we have pretty much every single record comp in every category record comp what's give me a record comp like what's something i mean brewery town is popping in philly yeah. that's awesome but like give me like highest sale of a home in brewery town that you guys have done so uh we have a six hundred fifteen thousand dollar sale it's um a new construction with garage it's about like 2400 buildable square feet wow so uh th- those are the first new construction homes that have a six in front of it <sighs> That's wild in Phil. I mean, in Brewery Town specifically, but like, you know, we saw that transition in Fishtown, Northern Liberties. Are you thinking that Brewery Town now is going to be seeing seven, eight hundred thousand dollar homes like we saw in Fishtown and Northern Liberties? Yeah. So what's interesting about Brewery Town is that when you look at the technical boundary of the neighborhood, is that it's technically north of Poplar, mm-hmm. and I did sell a house in that's technically in Brewery Town, but a one nine one three zero. Zip code um, just sold at seven hundred eighty thousand. Sold in ten days. Wow. Um, Nine hundred five North Thirtieth Street, and the house is only fourteen feet wide, but it's got an awesome rooftop deck, two car garage, mm-hmm. front and back. Nice. No, so so and your office is in Brewery Town too, or where? where no, are you guys so head based uh, out of we're based out of Seventeenth uh, and Walnut. Um, okay. My partner Lawrence used to have an office on Twentieth and Gerard, but he just moved his whole office into Seventeenth and Walnut, and then. Uh, we're opening up another location just because the team is expanding. We'll mm-hmm. be on a 24th and market at the filler. And, and how many agents did you guys say you had? We have moment? eight agents and uh, two administrative. Nice. And what do you think your volume this year you'll do in 2019? So 2019, I'd say about 75 million in sales. Um, last year we did 40 million mm-hmm. and 2018, we've sourced about uh, $35 million worth of uh, resale listings mm-hmm. for clients. We've helped them acquire those uh, that land and those shells. Um, do, you, do you find that most of your clients, like if you find it for them, you're also listing it for them as well? Or how Yeah, that- although that's not our main value proposition. I'd mm-hmm. say, you know, when a developer says, oh, if I find you, if you find me an opportunity, I'll give you the listing. And like, 
I personally think that's a lot more attractive for newer agents that are in the business and more acquisition agents because it's an opportunity to get listings. For me, the biggest value that we provide to our team is uh, pre-selling listings. Mm -hmm. I actually just did a, a listing pitch to uh, one of the bigger developers in the city and uh, went through, was going through our past sales. And right now we have uh, 30 sales pending $20 million mm -hmm. worth of volume. Mm -hmm. And a third of those 30 sales, 10 of those transactions are duly brokered by my team. So that just shows that uh, we are consistently prospecting and bringing buyers to our own listings. We're not just putting it on the MLS and letting other people sell yeah. our so, listings. So talk to me a little bit about that, because, and you don't have to give away the secret sauce, but obviously in the New How podcast, businesses today are built, a lot of them are built around tech platforms and certain ninja techniques that are only enabled through ways that, you know, can be done now with all this technology and social media presence. Can you, can you give like a little, like, like what's something you could do to separate yourself from the competition if you're trying to get into real estate? Yeah, um, I'd say- what's available out there. I'd say in comparison to what everyone else is doing, I mean, I'm not, tech savvy at all by any means. And a lot of people make you were, fun you, of you it. You do text messages. Uh, a little on. bit. I mean, I, I'm bad at responding yeah. to text. I like to think of myself as like low tech, high check. <laughs> I love that. Low tech, high so check. So my, my thing is just, and what a lot of people on my team do is we just work a lot harder than everyone else. We're consistently the first it. ones in the office, the last one out. We're not afraid to get our feet wet into work Dude, harder. I see you at the gym on Instagram sometimes when I'm rolling out of bed. That's yeah. no bullshit. Like that's like, you're there like in the five o'clock hour. Yeah, like, I like to get there anywhere from like 5.30 to 6.30. And that just what I have, that's just what I have to do to get all my work done for clients. Mm -hmm. And uh, it gets, you know, get energy levels pumping. Yeah, I'm, I'm fully, uh, I fully believe that motto that uh, hard work outworks talent, right? right. Like it's, you know, you can be the most talented person at what you do, but if you don't put in hard work, what's it really matter? And, and one person that I really uh, model myself after indirectly is uh, Mike McCann, because yeah. I've been on other sides of transactions Unreal. with him at you know 10.30 p.m. and he's getting right back to emails. I mean, so you're looking at a guy who's already made it and is worth millions on millions and doesn't have to worry about money and he's you know still working. Still like, pushing it. Why are, some of these newer, why are some of these got like, why does the average real estate agent feel entitled that they should only be working 40 hours a week? Yeah. I mean, no one, no one that I know is that super successful is working 40 hours a week. It's right. just not realistic. So that's, that's a, I'd love to ask you, you're 25, I'm 29. You're not, we're not much difference in age, right? But like, tell me, cause this is, I don't know if this is your first business or not, but like, can everybody do it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is it what, what separates the people that are being successful or, you know, and everyone's got their own version of success, but like what separates the people that like the Mike McCann's versus other people? Like, what, is there a trade? Like, what, what do you think it is? So I don't know why I, I personally can't tell what separates unsuccessful people from successful people, mm -hmm. but I can tell you why I'm successful and sort of like why I did it for myself. So mm -hmm. I, I think, a big thing that has shaped me is um, I was born in the Philippines okay. and at the age of eight, I ended up moving here. And when we first moved here, my family, well, we were pretty wealthy in the Philippines. My um, mom was a doctor and then my dad was pretty high up at 3M. But then when we ended up moving here, mm -hmm. my mom had to redo residency. My dad barely had a job. So I think my mom was probably making like 40 grand a year 
with five kids. So uh, we were on the 25 cent lunch, like food stamps and had like 10, 15 year old cars. So, I mean, and even when my mom was a fully practicing doctor, when I was 13 years old, my parents got demolished by the real estate market, Mm -hmm. like bought 2005 at the top of the market, bought 2007 in Mm -hmm. Delaware, top of the market, and then sold at the very bottom of the market. So, uh, I mean, like my whole life through high school, mm-hmm. I mean, my my friends' parents did fairly well, but I was the one that was that always had to pick up jobs to go, you know, to be able to play golf and to go hang out with my friends. Yeah. And that work ethic and that hustle has just relayed into what I'm doing now. Like my my senior year of college, I was selling uh, nutritional supplements for this company, Isogenics, and I was actually number four in the world for my age group, 18 <laughs> and 25. That's sick. And through that and my internship at JP Morgan, I made like 70 grand part-time while I was- Where, Yeah, while you're in high school. Right, well, it's well, like, when I was in college. College, yeah, so, college coming out. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's that. That's more than a lot of people make today. And you were doing it in college, just, you know, I think, I think you know, definitely I, I have to agree with that, the hustle, but also, you know, seeing, you saw your parents go through it. It's kind of almost, to me, it's probably part of like your why of what you're doing and why you're doing it is based, you saw your parents go through it. It's like, you're continuing that. You saw what it took for them to just go from point A to point B. And now you're at fucking letter M. You're trying to take it all the way to X and Y, it looks like, <laughs> yeah, which, is, which is cool. Um, no, that's awesome. So Francis, tell me, dig in a little bit more about why you went the brokerage route. Like you said, you're at JP Morgan. Like what excites you about being a broker? So, so Brian, uh, that's a really good question. Uh, the, the big thing that I, when I was a senior at University of Delaware, I was taking a look at friends and kids that I went to school with that were four years older than me. And at 25 years old, the were like living paycheck to paycheck. They weren't loving what they were doing. And then, uh, my friend Deanna, my friend Deanna Smith, um, who I met through Isogenics, mm-hmm. she was selling like twenty and thirty million dollar houses in LA. So I picked her brain about real estate. My friend Lori, um, she was working at, she was originally on Wall Street, but mm-hmm. she got started in real estate. Her manager was Ryan Surhat for Million Dollar Listing. Wow. So really got to pick their brains about real estate, mm-hmm. and that caused me to fall in love with the industry. And then uh, got connected with Antonio Attican, who uh, yeah, at his peak had a 95 million a year sales team, interviewed with him. And that's just when I realized that uh, re- real, the real estate business was for me. And I like how uh, you're in charge of your own destiny. How, yeah, I mean, you can work as hard as you want and like pass agents that have been in the brokerage for 20, 30 years. Yeah, it's crazy. It's all about hustle. And I think that's real estate is, uh, you know, it's exactly whatever you put in, like even in other areas of this industry. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a broker like yourself, but I'm, you know, I'm involved in the architecture, construction side, you know, some marketing, but as hard as I work or as hard as my team works, it's like the results just seem to come. And I think it's also because there's a lot of like-minded people in this industry, you know, but also on the flip side, I think there's a lot of unminded people in this industry that just, you know, don't put in the effort that's needed to work with the right, you know, buyers and sellers. They don't they don't understand what it really takes to be a, a top-notch agent in the service that's needed and provided by firms like Advanced Philly or the McCann team and others, space and companies, another good one. Like there's some rock star brokerages here and there's not. You know, it's it's and I feel like real estate, it's everyone's super competitive and you know there's just there's a it's just everyone's constantly pushing each other to get better and better and you don't see that in a lot of industries i'd say in the real estate business too it's so important to have 
great relationships with other top agents in the city mm-hmm. because it is co-op business and it's just so great working as a listing agent or as a buyer's agent having work with a strong agent on the other side mm-hmm. it just uh that's how we've been able to sell a lot of uh listings pre-construction and and same thing on our end it's uh having our our buyer picked in a multiple mm-hmm. offer situation it's always great to be working with uh with other like top colleagues in the business yep that's awesome um, so Francis, this is the first time I'm about to do this and this is going to be fun. I think let's go bring it. Let's go. So moving forward now in the new how podcast, obviously we're doing this out of Philadelphia, but I want to know, I want you to give me the 30 seconds on Philly, how you think the market's going to perform over the next coming years. I want you to give me the 30 seconds on the greater region. And then I want you to give me a sense of like, where do you think the economy is going with what you're seeing and, and just different things like you're hearing from your friends in LA and maybe some different real estate markets if they're starting to cool or soften. Right. Um, so go ahead. So I'm going to time. I got the timer right here. on awesome. the So, all right, give me the 30 seconds on Philly. Go. 30 seconds on Philly. I'd say it's absolutely on fire. It's just every millennial wants to be here. I was at the union league. Someone was saying that it's, one of the speakers at Brandywine Realty Trust said that 60% of our population is millennials and I mean, everyone that's in college, they all want to be in Philly. So (laughs) as far as growth, I'd say it's exponential. Plus, baby boomers love being in their condos. There's nothing going on in the suburbs. (laughs) It's so much cheaper than New York and D.C. And the food's great, right? Oh, the food scene is fantastic. I eat out 15 times a week. So, (laughs) (laughs) And you track that 15 times. You heard it. All right. So so obviously, my recap of that would be it's not slowing. You're seeing consistency and you're seeing that this market's not stopping at the moment. Absolutely. And I've talked to a lot of top agents Mm -hmm. around the country, anyone who is a lot better at real estate than me. Mm -hmm. And um, I ended up talking to this top KW agent in the suburbs who's been doing it for like 40 years. And what I asked is, he's saying that the suburbs market kind of stagnating mm-hmm. along with the macroeconomic like US real estate market. And what I said is, is it possible even there's a, if a national macroeconomic slowdown, is it possible that maybe Philly in these up and coming neighborhoods, instead of seeing like five to 10% appreciation, is it possible that it just slows down, it just stands still, or maybe you're appreciating only two to 3%? And yeah. he said, absolutely. Yep. And and one of my clients who's a top developer in the city, I asked him how much his listings went down in 2008, and he said, his, on average, his listings only decreased by about 4% Wow. 2008. But that's that's also yeah. a developer that's, that's, that's building in, big stuff, and that's yeah. building in the most affordable price point so building in the ultimate fringe zones and affordability areas yeah yeah all right so give me so obviously you touched on the suburbs a little bit are you hearing anything between philly new york and dc areas and maybe out to harrisburg pittsburgh like where what do you think macro a little bit for within the 100 mile zone of philly what's going on so i don't really know because i just pay attention to philly Mm -hmm. um i actually met a met a friend uh we're both like finalists in um National Association of Realtors, um, we're like 50 finalists for the 30 under 30. Yep. She's in Hawaii, so I'm curious to <laughs> um, pick her brain about the market in Hawaii. But yeah, I, I heard New York, like anything that's over 3,000, anything that's over like $4 million is taking a lot longer mm-hmm. um, on the market. I Yeah, I just don't really pay attention to any other markets. All I know is Philly, so I'm not the best person. All let's right, let's all give right. Kevin Gillen a call. Give, <laughs> all right, give me the mag. Do you have any macro sense? Give me anything macro, like 
your friends in LA, like anything going on that we should be aware of or excited for that you're hearing in other areas of yeah. the nation? I'd say there's some softening in the market and with mm-hmm. uh, interest rates rising and run a 10 year bull run, I wouldn't mm-hmm. definitely expect some softening in other markets mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, and I heard, um, I, I did listen to Bart Blatstein give a, give a talk and he was saying that, yeah, he's been through, I think three or four cycles now. And his, his vote is that he thinks that this cycle is gonna just plateau. Right. He doesn't think it's going to dip. He just yeah. thinks it's going to slow and then continue the upward trend. And I, I you know, from where, where I see things too, you know, from the architectural side, you know, the amount of units that we currently have under development, it's over 500 at the moment, which is crazy. But it's like, wow, like it's not stopping and these projects are moving forward and they're getting approvals and it's 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 wild. And, you know, at least Philly, I, I still think we have an, another two years of consistency. Here, um, here's also what I learned from one of my clients who, who's a, a top, top developer in New York whose family's in the apartment business. Mm-hmm. Um, he told me that even if, if the market's going down, I mean, as long as you have enough cash and enough money to be able to carry the asset during the downturn, you'll be fine. The guys who get killed are the ones who get over leveraged and mm-hmm. can't carry what they have going on. Yep, can't carry the interest, the hard money loan, whatever it is. You know. Well, if you're financing with hard money, then <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's hard. That's then hard. you're fucked. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, uh, yeah, twelve percent over that. Yeah, that's not a, it's not good. Unless the deal is that great. Yep. I mean, I've I've heard too. You know, some macro stuff talking to people. I heard there's guys in other areas like Ohio that are borrowing at twelve percent, and it's not even an issue still. Wow. So that excites me just to know kind of the pulse of what's going on. But I also think that we're reaching a, a point that we've never experienced in the U.S. yet where in other areas, I mean, you're from abroad, right? There's areas in China specifically where they're building cities prior to people even moving there because of the population growth. Like, right. you know, you look around, like everyone wants to, for what you're saying, everyone wants to live in Philly, but I also just think there's a lot more people than before that are just needing housing. And, you know, the way people are interacting with each other, you have boyfriends, girlfriends moving in together at an earlier rate. Like, I just, I just see a lot of like just the people just wanting to need housing. And it's, and I also saw that Philly has the shortest housing supply of like ever right? <laughs> recently. Right. Like there's not a lot of supply at yeah. the moment and that's great, but also like, you know, that's why I think we're seeing a lot of things fly pre-construction also, you know, right, like within 30 days on the market, most things, as long as it's priced right. Well, we're at about it, an absorption rate of three months. So there's only three months worth of inventory on the market. One thing that I see, and I work with a lot of developers too, is that your half a million dollar house that's mm-hmm. uh, new construction with a full year, 10 year abatement. Um, like for me doing a lot of work in Brewerytown, if a buyer's what they're getting for 400 grand is like a 1200, 1300 square foot, two bed that without an abatement, mm. they're like that monthly payment is equivalent to buying a half million dollar, um, like 2,500 square foot house in Brewerytown with a 10 year abatement. So that's wow. what's pushing the, these people into these up and coming neighborhoods. Plus a lot of people are now able to work remote, mm. which, I mean, if you can work remote, I'd rather be living in the city than outside the city. Plus, when when these millennial buyers are bringing their parents into the city and their parents are seeing all the excitement of the coffee shops, all these great restaurants going on and all this construction, mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, here, let's 
but here's a hundred grand towards your house. Like, yeah. I mean, I recently, I sold a house down in like lower Moy Manson area. I had a, I had a, the couple actually were from Florida and bought it off a Facebook ad, which is even crazier, oh, wow. but their son lived like four blocks North and they were just like, yeah, I'm here. I don't care. I used to live in Philly. It don't matter. Any South, anything South of Washington's fine. Like it's, yeah. it's crazy. And there's just, and they're not the only ones people. I don't think people care right now where they're living in Philly. I just think being in a, in a Philadelphia zip code is a good thing at the moment. And it's, not slowing. Every zip code is exploding. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> it's Especially nonstop. like Kensington, South Kensington. Oh my gosh, it's insane. I mean, Lehigh is getting built up right now. They're pushing over the, as the heroin, over, the board, over right. the heroin yeah. tracks. Right? They they cleaned up that whole heroin area under the bridge there. It's like there's development happening north of there now. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I got a question for you. What's what's next? So we're we're 20 minutes in, and you know, obviously there's no limit. We've done an hour podcast, but I want to I want to learn from you a little bit. What's where do you see Advanced Philly going? Like, is am I going to hear like an Advanced Chicago, an Advanced DC eventually? Like, what, what's what's in your scope? So for us, it's only going to be um, here in Philly, mm-hmm. and the reason why is there's such a big market here. We're the sixth largest city in the country, so there's so much business out here that we just want to keep getting better and keep getting more market share and keep working with more talented people Mm -hmm. and just do what we're doing now, but doing it much bigger, much better, getting a lot more efficient on our systems and just working with more and more talented people. Do you ever consider, I mean, you have a couple offices, do you ever consider like an old city office or what what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I'd say the brokerage, um, I mean, we do have a Society Hill office, we do have a Fishtown office. It would definitely be partnering with the right agent that would be a good fit that would work for our team. I mean, for me, I mean, all my clients are are definitely keeping me busy where, I mean, like, for example, I go meet a buyer at an open house and they're looking to go buy a $600,000 house or even a seven hundred or even an $800,000 house. I don't have time to be reaching out to this buyer all the time. So mm-hmm. I'll go um, give the lead to whoever is the best fit on our team that could best help that buyer. So yep. just creating a creating a bigger world and having win-wins for everyone that's on our team on our team and in our company. Nice. No, that's great. Um so all right, now give now this is the advice section. This happens in all areas. So let's plug y'all we'll role play a little bit here. I am uh Brian and I am looking to potentially somehow get into real estate. Awesome. Uh, I don't know if I want to be a broker. I don't know if I want to be a developer. Uh, maybe I'll just watch a lot more HGTV and, and buy a property someday. I don't <laughs> know. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of real estate. <laughs> What's your advice for somebody like me that's that's looking to maybe get into real estate and you know, or or and you know, maybe a piece of advice for someone that's flipped their first house and they're right. just getting started. Like, give me give me a piece of advice in that realm when you were there, and you know that that you would want to tell yourself again. <laughs> I, I'd say the best piece of advice is to be learning from someone who is very, 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 very successful at what you're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. And for me, a big reason for my success is I, I got started on Antonio Atkins' team, who his best year in sales personally was thirty million in sales having a 95 million a year sales team and like building, I mean, being the first Keller Williams brokerage in the city and building that to 650 million in sales, hmm. th- there's a lot to learn from someone who has achieved at that high of a level. So it, it's just learning from people who are levels and levels above you. Hmm. And that's how you 
learn and get better. So let's, let's dive in a little bit there yeah. on that. How do you approach those people? Because I feel like a lot of people are scared to go after those type of people too. Yeah, you know what? And it, and it gets like, like for me, there's so many people that like shoot me messages like, oh, give me advice, give me advice. And it's like, like, dude, you have to add value to that person. <laughs> like they're go. not gonna, they're not just gonna, like, like someone who's achieving at that high of a level. I mean, their time's worth 500 to $2,000 an hour. Yep. And it's like, when, like there's so many people who are like, oh, you know, co- like go grab a cup of coffee. But like when you're reaching out to someone that is that successful, like, yeah, you can get them a cup of coffee, but they're, if their time's worth two grand, then they just <laughs> lost out on $1,900. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's finding a way to add value to their business or their lives. And that's how I would definitely recommend approaching people. I mean, some people are like, oh, you know, I wouldn't want to go and work for this person. I'd be on a 50-50 split. But it's like, okay, if you were to do it yourself, like it, like a portion of something is a lot better than like a big piece of nothing. Yeah. I'd rather own half a watermelon than a whole grape. Right. <laughs> right. Agreed. So uh, now, Francis, do you have uh, do you have any other advice or things you'd recommend? Obviously, you know, you're 25, you're, you started a successful company with your partners. And, you know, I obviously I, I see, I just know you outside of this too. And I know what you're going to achieve is going to be ridiculous. I'm just excited to watch and be part of it to some extent. But uh, do you have any other piece of advice you could give anyone that's listening to the podcast that's in that real estate realm besides adding value that's key yeah but i i mean i'd say for anyone that just wants to be successful you got to hang out with a lot more people who are more successful than you because that's how you learn Mm -hmm. that's what i've done my whole life i mean i'm not hanging out with guys that are my age or i mean the guys that i hang out with that are my age or like very successful, very forward thinking. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm hanging out with a lot of guys that are, I mean, even much older than Brian from yep. like 29 to like 60. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and for me, it's just, I, I like learning and, and I don't know, it's a unique yeah, thing. We're, we're not, How about you, Brian? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I have to agree. I mean, what's, what's, what I've uh, what I've seen too. I'm like I said. I've got the four years on you, but it, you, age. And one thing is age is irrelevant. But what I've learned is like I put myself in my older mentor shoes. You know the guys that are in their 50s, 60s, like you talk to as well. You know when I start thinking like when I'm their age, I only want to I, I want to talk to guys that are much younger. Yeah, that are for sure. Hungry, that, that like my times if my times two thousand dollars an hour, and I, I think collectively our time is more than that. Right. right. Like we can value our time, but like you know. If I'm spending my $10,000 an hour time with this person or this person, I want this person to be able to absorb it and take that information that I'm sharing with them and actually apply it. Absolutely. I don't want to spend my time with someone that doesn't doesn't give a shit. at a low level. Yeah, or or that doesn't give a shit. Even if they're at a low level, I just want them to have that passion and drive to want to up their level. And I think that's a big part of it too, being able to show that to people that are doing better than you and allowing them because... They want to work with excited people and and people that are passionate about what they do. So, hey, here's a bone. Here's an opportunity to prove yourself, to bring you up a little bit to the next level. And and what I'd say is like, I'm definitely like generous of time, but it has to be with someone that's uh, someone that's like already working hard. Like, well, I appreciate you coming here. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. I appreciate that. That's good. No, I mean, what, what I mean is like, let's say there's someone in the office that wants to go grab a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Like I'd rather grab a cup of coffee with the guy who's in there like 60 hours a week. And then I see in the morning than the guy who's never there. Correct. 
Yeah, no, a hundred percent. So Francis, man, I, I, uh, I think this episode is gonna be inspiring for a lot of people that are trying to just start out. I mean, you're 25 doing it. And you know, I, I know there's a lot of people and I've run into a ton of people that haven't closed their first deal yet that are just getting into it. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it can be done, but I think a couple things like you mentioned, hustle is key. Surround yourself with winners at all times, people that are doing it bigger than you and better than you that you want to learn from. And uh, just push, man. Just keep pushing. When are we hanging out with Asher Roth? Asher, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Asher Roth, uh, season one on here. No, we'll, uh, he's around. He's doing it. But uh, Francis, man, I appreciate you being on here. And, Anytime, uh, dude. Thanks for we'll, having me. Uh, we'll get this thing edited and chopped out to the masses. Awesome. So, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing this with someone, it would mean the world to us. You can reach out to us at thenewhowpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. And we really hope you got a lot of value out of this episode that you're going to put towards your business and real estate endeavors. Thank you.